Welcome to another episode of Teaching and Learning Champions. I'm Matt Evans, Director of Instructional Technology and Digital Resources in the Teaching and Learning Excellence Division at ACC. Today, I'm joined by Ron Johns, Associate Dean of Assessment and Evaluation, as we talk about institutional assessments and data around guided pathways. Ron, thanks for joining today. Oh, thank you, Matt. Well, let's get started for people who are not very familiar with you or the area uh, that, that you're in. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, assessment and evaluation, institutional assessments. Uh, what are the goals and missions of your area for the college? Okay, so how much time do we have here? <laughs> um, no, seriously, the, the, what I see is the, the role of my area is one is uh, supportive of faculty um, and their roles, of course, in helping our students to succeed. Uh, it's most fundamental level. The, the fact is, obviously, we, the faculty, lay out and design a curriculum of helping our students learn that curriculum and achieve the learning outcomes that we set before them. And of course, in doing so, then of course, get an education that helps them uh, with further success in life. The um, trouble is that over the past few decades, uh, as uh, there's been increasing demands um, in pretty much all aspects of society for documentation about what people are doing and how things are justified uh, and so on and so forth, there's been an increasing scrutiny on what we at colleges and higher education in terms of helping our students succeed. And um, because of that, there's an increasing demand for reporting and matters of that nature uh, to various bodies, the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools, of course, being one, but many other uh, regional creditors and um, uh, discipline accreditors as well. So what I see is the primary mission and role of, of my area is to help faculty document the good work that they're doing in a way that we can uh, help produce some of these reports and answer questions that those outside entities might have, but just as importantly, uh, serve as a, a medium for self-reflection, to think about what it is that we are actually doing in the classroom. Is it what we, you know, are we achieving the results that we want? Are students learning what we want them to? And if the answer to those is no, then what can we do to perhaps improve that? I mean, uh, it's pretty much a given, I think, that every faculty member here at ACC wants their students to succeed. Uh, you know, we care about our students. We, we love teaching. I mean, that's, what, that's why we're here. And it's, but sometimes it's good to just talk to our colleagues and our, our friends and sort of see, you know, what, if somebody has a really good exercise that, you know, helps students to learn a particular topic, you know, that's something that should be shared. And while a lot of departments did have faculty meetings where they did have a lot of these sorts of discussions, I've discovered that, you know, there's departments where that really was not the case. Um, and I think as part of this process of review, this discipline assessment cycle, as we call it, um, there's just been a lot more self-reflection, a lot more discussion of these sorts of issues that um, I think has been very productive and actually I think helped uh, uh, move the needle in a lot of areas on a, a lot of different uh, topics. So I think that itself has been uh, helpful for our students and helpful for, for us as uh, faculty and employees here at the college to really get a better focus on, on what we do and to show that work in a way that other people can see it. So how do you, do you uh, typically work directly with faculty or do you work more at the departmental or divisional level or AOS level? 
work at whatever level I need to work at, which generally means a lot of I spend I have a lot of times where I meet with faculty one on one, oftentimes with a department chair, but other times with the whole department. Uh, and I'm happy to work with basically, you know, anybody or any anyone who who wants to help. Um, the uh, I mean, there are many times where I end up working with other college administrators on things um, like the master syllabus, for example. But for the most part, I work with with faculty, department chairs, and deans probably more than others. But but really, I, I work with uh, everybody across the college. Great. Well, it sounds like uh, you provide a great resource for uh, anybody looking to not only establish but enhance a lot of the um, uh, the evaluation metrics that they're collecting for their courses. So exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've I've had to learn. I mean, my background is in geology, so I've had the sort of mid career change to educational psychology and assessment, but uh, which has been interesting. But uh, I mean, I've I, I found it very illuminating. I mean, there's so much good work going on here at ACC that, you know, unless you really delve into each department, you don't see it. And I think one of the, um, I mean, I find it very rewarding just to, to see what other people are doing and how they're helping their students. And just, you know, where I can, I submit, you know, maybe help suggest, you know, tweaking a something here or there to try to focus more clearly on what it is that you know they're trying to measure and get more actionable results um but really i i really see my job mostly is just helping people to do something that they're already doing uh oftentimes quite well so what types of data do you typically collect and analyze for the most part um well as part of the discipline assessment cycle and um for those who want to delve more deeply, the Academic Outcomes Assessment website has uh, a whole host of resources on, on the process and various other helpful resources. Um, basically, the data that we collect primarily is the extent to which students are achieving the learning outcomes that the faculty define for the uh, disciplines, the programs that we offer. Our, the assessment is focused at the program level. I mean, we all do course assessments as well within our courses. But for the most part, we're focusing on the broader learning outcomes we expect of graduates of a program, whether that be like welding or uh, philosophy or whatever it happens to be. The things that we would expect graduates at the associate level, at least, to have achieved by the time they, they get that award. And um, so it's, it's mostly on those particular learning outcomes and students' achievement of them that we collect data uh, that we look at. Uh, what types of decisions regarding student success are influenced by the data collected and analyzed by your area? I think for the most part, the decisions are the ones made by the department themselves. They, um, again, I, I collect this data and document this so that we have a repository so we can, you know, submit reports as needed. But primarily, the, the again, the best benefit, I think, is, is the discussions it spurs among faculty about uh, how they're teaching the students, how they're measuring their student success and their uh, learning, and what can be done to improve that. Um, it's, uh, so the decisions are generally, I think that the most influenced by this information are the ones that are made by the department collectively, by the faculty, looking at the data and saying, you know, our students are not getting this particular learning outcome you know, um, whatever it happens to be, as well as we would like them to, what can we do about it? Um, you know, in, in my own field of geology, you know, we uh, teach, for example, topographic map reading. And that's a, that's a subject that is 
students often struggle with. And so, you know, we, we talked about with each other about different exercises we have and uh, exchange ideas and things like that. So I think it's, it's a, um, it serves as a catalyst to help ferment discussions uh, and departments, you know, following actions then to help uh, implement changes to help their students succeed. Well, given that the the theme this year uh, for the college, um, and, you know, we we typically pick up a lot of themes throughout the year, but one that's been sort of um, continuous has been the uh, guided pathways, which is the theme of this podcast. So, um, how has the college's adoption of guided pathways impacted the types of data or even the results that you're seeing um, that are collected um, by um, by the departments or by your area? Well, one of the the biggest themes, the guided pathways, is a focus on equity, which of course is also a focus of our strategic plan as a college and so many of our other efforts here. The one that is obviously of uh, great uh, concern at the moment uh, across the nation, as it rightly should be. The the data that's generally collected about student learning outcomes, for the most part, it's it's looked at in aggregate and um, and for many programs, especially those with a relatively few number of majors, uh, there's really no other way one can look at it with any statistical validity. Um, but, you know, one of the important things that we need to do as an institution is look at uh, uh, disaggregate the data and see if there's differences in performance between different um, demographic groups, different, you know, by gender or, or ethnicity or pill status or any other parameter and then try to figure out what we can do to try to um, provide support as needed and try to help students who come to us with um, you know uh, from situations and backgrounds that are that have been shall we say less supportive um, than other students have had and so I think it's um, Moving forward, we're trying to get more uh, of a focus on that in the assessment process itself. There's really been a, a key growing, well, a, a there's been a sea change, I would say, in the assessment community in the past couple of years um, regarding how equity figures into the whole assessment process. And the realization that um, some of the ways that we conduct assessments are just um, they benefit certain groups more than others, people of certain backgrounds versus others. Um, you know, as a, to use an extreme example, if you're asking a, you know, a physics question about velocity and force or something in the context of a yacht regatta, that's not something a lot of people have any sort of cultural familiarity with. Um, whereas, you know, you could, you could use a, a similar context of just say, you know, a car turning corner or something instead. Um, so, I mean, a lot of times it's it's things that are relatively small that nevertheless have an outsized impact on um, students' performance. And it's and with regards to assessment, it's really just thinking about it, trying to recognize any sort of implicit biases, the implicit biases that frankly we all have in one way or another, and try to um, teach the subject in a more culturally responsive way and likewise then assess uh, the material in a more culturally responsive way as well. Um, for example, portfolios are an excellent um, means of, of assessing student performance in a way that tends to be um, culturally responsive because 
with a portfolio, students can produce work in a way that is most meaningful to them, in a way that is more, most um, makes the most sense to them, but still be able to demonstrate their achievement of the learning outcomes, depending on, again, on the discipline, you know, whether it's art or uh, A&E CAD, for example, or things like that. Um, I mean, obviously, in different disciplines, there are particular assessments um, that are most appropriate, but um, there should be at least a recognition that where possible uh, alternatives may exist and that the way that we assess students is something that we have to seriously consider when, when dealing with, with these issues of equity. Great. Um, are there any uh, data around guided pathways that you've collected so far? And I realize that guided pathways is a, a newer adoption for the college. So the, the answer to this question may be no, but um, is there any data that would be interesting or helpful for faculty to know in terms of the impact that faculty specifically are having on guided pathways? In my area, not so much just yet. Uh, one of the things we're trying to do, because again, to get at this disaggregated data, you need large data sets. And at the level we've been operating for the most part, you know, where a lot of programs have just a couple dozen majors at a time in some cases, the it's hard to get large enough data sets to, to disaggregate the data in any meaningful way. So one of the things that we're trying this year, and we'll see how well it works, as I say, we're, we're sort of implementing this and piloting it this year, is to collect student artifacts. Um, from across the college and then have uh, trained reviewers look at those and evaluate them. And in doing so, uh, and, and doing this in the context of outside the class, it's called a faculty collaborative because it's entirely fa faculty led and directed. The idea being that um, in doing so, we can have a sufficiently large data pool of student work that has been evaluated using a consistent metric that we can then take that data and then break, start breaking it out and look at it in um, smaller groups to see if there's differences, uh, specifically with regard to general education, like critical thinking and communication and things like that. And to date, um, we've not really done that, because uh, again, to date, the processes that we've been using have been involving smaller groups. So it'll be interesting to see what data comes out of that. And then, of course, based on that information, we as a uh, college can collectively decide what the most appropriate um, courses of action would be to help provide support as it would, might be indicated. So at this point, that's sort of a, a question that's still very much up in the air. Sure. Um, well, as we uh, sort of wind down, uh, the last Guided Pathways related question is, um, are there other projects or initiatives around your team's responsibilities that uh, would be beneficial for faculty and staff to know as it relates to guided pathways, either things that you're uh, working on now or into the future. I know you just talked about this, uh, this new thing that you're piloting now with uh, with data, um, but is there anything else um, coming up that uh, that you would want other people to know? Well, the, the faculty collaborative, I think, is, is kind of the big thing at the moment. Um, and again, it's it's I want people to be aware of that because it's really going to require participation from faculty across the college who teach core curriculum courses. That's Those are the courses from which we're going to be gathering the student artifacts. So we need them to go and, and identify an assignment. And basically, every faculty member who teaches a core curriculum course, if they could identify just a single assignment even, or multiple would be ideal, but even just a single assignment in their course um, each semester that 
would demonstrate, uh, for example, critical thinking or communication, uh, written communication, say, or teamwork, you know, again, depending which gen ed competency we're focused on that particular year, um, if they could just go ahead and tag it in Blackboard, uh, which, I mean, the actual process of tagging it takes literally two minutes, maybe, um, and then it's set for the semester and they really would need to do nothing else. Um, that would just help us tremendously. And with one of the many things that, of course, has happened because of all the events this semester is that there has been a tremendous shift to doing things on Blackboard. Um, as uh, South Workerson, our uh, Blackboard person noted, you know, we've moved about five years and in, in two months in terms of adoption of Blackboard and its uh, various tools. So I think folks are a lot more um, familiar with Blackboard certainly than they were uh, six months ago. And I think that, that because you had to use Blackboard uh, for assignments now, there should actually be a whole lot more of that student work that's up been uploaded and in, in the system. So I think this um, gathering this information is really just a matter of faculty spending, as I say, literally a couple of minutes um, going in and tagging artifacts. And that, that would help move us along tremendously in terms of gathering the data and then, you know, being able to, to interpret it and analyze it. And is there um, uh, information someplace um, on your website, perhaps, uh, that would help faculty go through that process of tagging that those informa that information? Oh, yes. yes, I'm glad you asked that. Yes, again, the Academic Outcomes website. <laughs> this is, uh, if, you, if you go to the search bar and just type in Academic Outcomes Assessment, um, that will take you to our uh, the homepage of my department. And from there, there's a whole list of other um, links and so on and so forth, including uh, um, a big page on equity and assessments and, and how to uh, participate in the faculty collaborative. Um, again, I think it's 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 heartening to see this this increased focus on equity across higher ed and indeed across society more broadly. And um, to, you know, we're doing what we can to help uh, address those issues here as well. So I, I think um, this is. Uh, um, helping, I mean, something as simple as tagging those artifacts can help us move the needle on a lot of those issues. Great. Well, uh, thank you very much, Ron. Before I let you go, uh, just one last question. Anything giving you Riverbat pride this week? Well, uh, it's been a troubled week, <laughs> obviously, uh, across the country here. It's, I mean, I am very, what gives me Riverbat pride is, is the knowledge that we work in well, I mean, Austin in general, but Austin Community College in particular is, is one of the um, most important agents of change in our community. It helps to uh, change people's lives and uh, it helps to make a huge difference uh, in the Central Texas community. And um, I mean, like last week when they had the uh, bank uh, giving, uh, the food bank was distributing, at the Riverside, um, those sorts of activities and initiatives, I think, are just, um, they, they make me very glad to be a part of, of Austin Community College. Yeah, I, uh, I wholeheartedly uh, agree with that and second that. Ron, thank you, <clears throat> thank you very much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. A lot of good information for, uh, for all of our listeners, so thank you very much. All right, well, thank you, Matt. Well, that wraps up another episode of Teaching and Learning Champions. Don't forget that you can view blog posts for each episode on the TLED website. I also encourage you to subscribe to the ACC District Podcast on any of your preferred podcast apps or listen to individual episodes on the TLED website. 
Thank you for tuning in and we'll chat next time on TLC at ACC.